Good morning, Ash. I appreciate you coming and talking with us today. I know we've been wanting to get this started since we met a few months ago. Awesome how we met. I love your brother. And so meeting yeah, you and knowing so that there was two Santoses, like, and then, <laughs> and then I found finding out what you do. I was like, oh my goodness, this is, is that amazing. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So you, you flew for, flew out to LA today, huh? Yes, I am just here for a few hours. The Hollywood Reporter is putting on this event for um, Latinos in the entertainment industry, so they invited me. But yeah, I'm so happy to talk with you this morning. Awesome. Good to talk to you as well. I know you're based out of uh, Salt Lake City. We've done some work out there together. We appreciate that on the standard brand. You've brought a new level of of class and everything to to what we do, and so we really enjoy that. But I want to talk about you and what what you do and now you have a a new movie coming out which will build up to that but then i just kind of with the with the title that movie i'll give a little little hint it's half baked too and so you have to have some background in cannabis something somewhere and so (laughs) that's my first question to you what was your first experience with cannabis oh my god i think i was 16 years old i was at a house party that i definitely snuck out to go to (laughs) and this guy invited me to his car and he pulls out this terribly rolled joint and he starts like lighting it up, but it's like kind of falling apart. Cause he rolled it <laughs> and he's like, you want to hit this? And I was oh. like, I don't know, but I did. And I remember I hit it a few times. So I go back to the party and my first experience being high, I was just like, I felt like I was like floating and leaving my body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like sitting on this couch in a basement and I'm just like, <laughs> and it was just the best experience ever. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Oh, at least your first experience was a good experience. Yeah. You know, I've heard some opposite experiences, but you had the, you had the best one. You just felt I high. had the best one. I just had that body high. But then yeah. the next times I would get high, I'd get that paranoia mm-hmm. where I'd get like, you know, but. Yeah. Yeah. And I was out in uh, New York. I grew up in New York. Yes. Nice. Nice. Out in the the Bronx, right? So I lived in the Bronx until I was about eight years old. And then we moved upstate to a very small, very rural town called Montgomery, New York, population like 4,000 people. And so that's where I did like middle school and high school. So Hmm. a bunch of like, you know, rednecks, chewing tobacco, rolling (laughs) bad joints <laughs> <laughs> I'm rolling bad joints oh that's hilarious I grew uh didn't grow up at all I lived for oh my gosh now this is when I was little uh from like four I think I was four to six only for a couple of years up in Watertown New York oh I know exactly where that is yeah yeah my dad oh, was uh I'm an army brat and so my dad was in the army and so my mom and I lived up there and wow. I just remember big snowstorms and yes. like getting snowed into our house and everything. And yes, the power and going I, I, I don't remember where it was at, but it was, I remember these strawberry fields that my mom and I went to. Oh, it was just like these, it was somewhere upstate and it was just these massive, I mean, as a kid, you know, everything seems a lot bigger. Yeah, everything so just these massive strawberry fields we went and, and picked, but beautiful, beautiful up there in upstate New York. I love it. Yeah, up there. It's really pretty. So you, uh, you moved out to Salt Lake City 2011 timeframe, right? Yeah. What brought you out there? I was raised LDS. I was raised Mormon and my dad, you know, really wanted us to go to a BYU school. He, you know, wanted us to study in an environment that he felt comfortable with. So Mm. yeah, I went out to first BYU, Idaho up in Rexburg for like two semesters, dropped out, couldn't do it, couldn't hang (laughs) the Idaho life. 
<laughs> and then I moved down to Utah and I was, I, I decided I didn't want to go back to school. I became friends with this girl who was signed by an agent in Utah and she was like doing a little bit of acting, but mainly she was doing pageants. Such Pageant a random story. This is so random. And she was like, you should do pageants. <laughs> You're a pageant queen too? <laughs> I'm not, not, pageant like this is not for me. <laughs> I would love to meet your agent. And acting was something that I had always wanted to do as a kid. You know, I would always, I was that kid that like would listen to the radio ad about, mm-hmm. you know, bring your, you want to be, you want to work on the Disney channel. Yeah. Um, and I'd be like, mom, take me. And it was like a scam. Like the Saturday um, morning radio ads? That, yes, yes. Yes, always, yes, um, yes. Always required like thousands of dollars from your parents. <laughs> so yeah, you know, auditioning for like plays and musicals in high school and not getting a role, you know, and then being offered like, you could be on the stage crew. And so I'd be like <laughs> on the stage crew. Um, so yeah, I auditioned for this agent. I'm like probably 20 years old at the time. And she signs me. She starts sending me on auditions. The first audition I go out on, I booked it. And it was a film for the sci-fi channel called Thirst. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that. And then I, I, for the next few years, worked on projects just in Utah. And then in the summer of 2017, I worked on a series where I met a bunch of people from LA and one of them who's still one of my best friends, Abraham. He introduced me to the the agent and the manager that I have now. So it just was like building from one thing to the next, like random coincidences and, mm-hmm. you know, typically how life goes. Yeah, that is how life goes. You keep putting in that dedication towards what you want. Like you said, you got denied the parts, but you got, you were still able to attach yourself with the, uh, like the stage crew and everything. Yeah. I just wanted to be a part of it. I just wanted, just wanted to be, to be near all. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's, I have the same thing with cannabis. I, uh, it was a long road building to it like 10 years getting to where we're at now. Yes. But starting out, like I remember my starting out was working in this little like 10 by eight, maybe even smaller, just this really small shed, completely blacked out up in uh, Northern California, up in the Emerald Triangle. And like almost feeling like you're like a prisoner when you would show up on these farms, like it, and just trimming away, trimming oh, away, trimming away, trimming okay. away and working for, you know, like 16 mm-hmm. hours and, just the the grind that that was and then helping them you know just like i said just trimming all day and harvesting these huge tall plants and doing that for years and then you have to put in like the grunt work to get is this in humboldt county is that yeah yeah this is up in humboldt county the trinity mountains yeah been up there many a times it's a it's a crazy place but beautiful place too like yes waking up i'm from uh from wyoming colorado grew up as a kid in colorado and also wyoming Uh, so i'm no stranger to snow i remember my first time though encountering snow up in northern california went up there and there was no snow on the ground worked that day went to bed woke up the next morning and there was two feet of snow on the ground and there's these big tall cannabis plants with snow on them and they're the 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 farmer was waking us up and he's like hey we got to get this stuff down so that way it doesn't mold and everything i'm like where are we at is this really California? Like, where did this snow come from? What is happening up here? It was just complete shock. It's beautiful up there, though. It was beautiful. Yeah, met some, it is. Some really amazing people out of it, too. But like you said, that that dedication, just wanting to be a part of something. So no matter how you had to do it, you attach yourself to it. Yes. And then look where you're at now. Look yeah. You're at now. And same so with you. First, 
Oh, I, yes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I love it. I I never thought I'd be on a podcast. So when I, I have the same, when I was a kid, I grew up on radio as well. I mean, <laughs> born barely in the eighties, made it just in at 89. Yeah. We're and probably then, about the same age. Yes. Yep. I saw that. So now growing up in the nineties, I listen to Saturday radio all the time, listen to the, the different stories and the cartoons and stuff. And yeah. I always thought it'd be fun to be a DJ. And I still, I love radio and everything. Never came close, never tried to, never tried anything. And then now having a podcast. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're like, it's pretty damn close. It's yeah. pretty damn close. So we'll see how far this goes. And now I'm getting the interview. This this week's a big week for me. I, I was I was boasting about it a little bit to people. I was like, I'm interviewing a Hollywood celebrity and <laughs> a elected politician all in one week. Like this is, this is amazing. This is amazing. Oh, I'm excited for the politician episode. Yeah. Uh, Senator Street at the end of this week. Uh, he's from Pennsylvania. Very, uh, sh- very active in cannabis, very pro cannabis. I'm excited oh, to have him on. Amazing. Very yeah, cool. So, but let's get back to you. So first breakout, if you want to say big name film was, was it the FX American horror story? <clears throat> Getting on American horror story for context. I had been, I, so I signed with my like agent and manager in 2018, because when my friend Abraham first pitched me to them, I found out I was pregnant with my son. And they were okay. like, we don't do pregnant people. Because <laughs> not a lot of auditions you can go on with a belly. <laughs> so if she's still interested after she has her baby, um, let us know. We'd love to meet her. So I literally have my son. And then uh, the OBGYN gave me six weeks before I could fly. So at the six-week mark, I have my husband at the time, my like almost two-year-old daughter, and my six-week-old son. And we're flying to L.A., and oh my goodness. we like, I, I leave them in the car. I'm like nursing my baby. I like go upstairs and I meet with this guy and he's like, oh my God, didn't you like just have a baby? And I was like, yes, but I'm ready to work. <laughs> um, so he signs me and he just starts sending me on auditions and I was taping the auditions and um, he, you know, I, I ended up booking American Horror Story. Um, and I was such a fan of that show. I had watched it from the first season on. And when I found out I booked that, I just was like, what? Like, you know, they flew me to New York. I did a chemistry read with the other guy who was going to play my love interest. And then they offered me the role. And I was just like, you know, it was one of those moments where you're like, oh my God, like the thing that I wanted is happening. So I, I left, my kids went to New York and stayed with my parents while I went to LA and shot on the Fox lot. And that was just such a, great experience in a lot of ways, you know, it was really hard. It was my first time working in LA and working, you know, my first being a new mom, being not a new mom, mom, but a mom for the second time, having a new, we haven't even talked about that. Like your family yeah. and you were, how old did you say your oldest was at that time? Your daughter? She was almost, she, she had just turned two. So still brand new. I remember those times when I have, I have a 10 year old and a 12 year old now, but I remember from zero to five, like those first five years, you're just figuring it out. Yeah. And then you pass that. I'm still figuring it out. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone's just winging it's it. Just controlled chaos at this point. Yes, yes. But I mean, wow. You know, starting out your career at that point and being a mom, wife, everything that must've been stressful. It was very stressful and it was hard because I wasn't seeing them. You know, I was working and you're working like 14 hour days and Mm -hmm. on the weekend, you're just trying to catch up on sleep. And, but it was, it was a lot of fun in a lot of ways. You know, my first scene was with like Kathy Bates and 
Sarah Paulson. And it just, it was a very quintessential experience of like, wow, we're working in Hollywood. Um, And so, yeah, yeah, since then it's just been one thing to the next. Um, Balancing it with motherhood is still something I'm trying to figure out. Um, But yeah, you kind of just take it as you go. Yeah. Do you just have the two or do you, did you have any more? I children? just have the two. I'm now divorced. My ex-husband is one of my best friends and we co-parent so well together. So anytime good. I work on something, it's, you know, me leaving and, and being gone for at least a month or sometimes a little over a month. And we just balance it out with the kids where I come home and visit or sometimes they come out and visit me. So, yeah. That's really good. That's, that's important. That's, yeah. uh, that's, that, that's very encouraging to hear. I wish there was more stories like that, but it's always yeah. good when there are other stories like that. Thank you. So I, I want to talk about, I'm just going to add mayor of Kingston. When I found out you were on that show, like I already loved it. That was just the, the intensity of that show is, is amazing. And the way it portrays life. I love it. I love how it doesn't really glorify anything. It yeah. just shows raw life and how it can be for some people, of it. you know, yeah. some things might be a little, dramatized but Mm -hmm. you know that's but at the same time i've i've seen some dark side of people i've seen the dark side of humanity in in third world countries when i was in the military in afghanistan i've seen the dark side of humanity you served in the military i did i did i was in the army thank you for Um, your service i didn't know that my pleasure my pleasure but going like you were like in afghanistan and seeing yeah, yeah it, but it's not the it's not the majority of what I found out in life that it's always the minority that makes it bad for everybody. And that's everywhere in this world. It seems like the minority uh, that that their view is always either it's so one way and they it's their way or no way. But they always seem to scream the loud the loudest because they're so nonconforming and they don't they don't want to conform to anybody. They don't want to find a compromise. And so they just scream the loudest. They make the biggest not good impact. It's a negative impact. And so that's why they're heard, but that's not just in, you know, with in Afghanistan or Iraq or somewhere that's, that's also here in the States, you know, yeah. and I found that out that that's what's sad. I've like I said, I've seen the dark side of humanity overseas, but I came back into our own country and, you know, part of it was my own choice in life of things that I was doing, but like, and it wasn't things I was a part of, but stuff that I seen just like knowing that that the same evil is here in America, you know, and the same problems that are going on all over the world, the poverty, um, the, 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 with, with kids and being homeless and stuff. And then just the degradation of society is here in America as well. Yes. And it's, it's very sad to see. It's very sad yeah. to see, but with all that, there can be, there can come from hope, you know, and it just takes those people that are really striving, just trying to make some type of impact, you know, and I, that's what I always, that's the best type of legacy is just the impact that you can leave on others just trying to help them, whether yeah. whatever means is necessary, you know, and that's I like that about the show. Mike, Jeremy Renner. He's an awesome character. He's an amazing guy in real life, too. Like, is talk really about is. that. Yeah, I have only heard the greatest things about his work ethic. Um, he's also such a fantastic dad. He'll mm-hmm. you know, have his daughter come on set and she has her own chair. It says Ava Renner, director. And, yeah, that's cool. um, that's cool. you know, he ended up buying a house out there in, in Pittsburgh. And yeah, working on that show was, it came at a time where I, I wasn't working and then I was offered a role. So I had read for two different roles in the first season and Taylor had called me 
and basically said, you know, I, I loved your audition so much, but you're just not right for either of these roles. And so that obviously like sucks when you hear it at the time, but you just have to trust that like when you're right for something, it'll come. And so then the next year for season two, they came back with an offer for the role of Coco. Um, and you know, she kind of just was so liberated and so like in her own and standing in her femininity. And I really loved playing her from the second I landed and they brought me to a wardrobe fitting and they're like, this is what you're going to be wearing. And it was all clothes <laughs> with like the heels or like this yeah. thing. And I never played a role like that before. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, so it was a lot of fun to shoot, you know, I'll, a way, a lot of the times, um, you know, unfortunately, some of the things that you work on, it doesn't always get shown. And so mm. a lot of my storyline ended up getting edited out because it mm. was in conjunction with another storyline that kind of got cut down. But it still was, you know, the experience of shooting that and, and working with those people, they're just the kindest producers. I mean, they're people who really love to pay it forward and they like to keep things in the family. That's why you end up seeing like so many of the same actors working on the same projects of theirs. And I just really loved working on it. It was a great experience. Is Coco staying around? I mean, cause her character definitely saw like, it seemed like there could be more with her. Yes. We still know. don't know if there's going to be a season three. I think it's contingent on how Jeremy is feeling and how yeah, he feels yeah. and if he can he do it. It's the most strenuous for him because he's pretty much in, you know, he's working every day. The shoot is probably five to six months um, and, you know, five days a week, 12 to 14 hour days. So where he's at uh, physically right now, I think it's just dependent if was, he can be on another season. That was so insane. That, that accident at the beginning of the year, that was scary. You know, the show's life so short, you know, and it can happen anytime. In a anything. flash. Yeah. I mean, by all accounts, he should have died. Like it's yeah, shocking, he but he survived. He yeah. 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 Well, like I said, it just goes to show, I mean, yeah, he's in his own personal life. He gives back to humanity. I just, yeah. his new show came on the Disney Renovation. channel, the yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You know, it's yeah. just like heartwarming stories. And so it's really cool to, to see the inspirations of people like that. The people that are out there and putting their name out and because there's so many negative influences of people that are out there it's wonderful to see the positive ones yeah know? yeah they're far and people like yourself just people that are out there doing their dream but they're doing it in a po positive way and and not having to conform to what sometimes the the negative sides of hollywood and being a celebrity yeah are, you know yeah um all right let's talk about it half big too <laughs> I can't even find a trailer though. Where like there's nothing. Uh, there's it. no trailer. There's it's nothing so yet. We still don't have a release date. Don't, so huh? we. I just finished ADR probably like a month ago. Um, we find out this week when they're thinking of releasing it. That was my first comedy, and it was yeah. so much fun. It was so much yeah. fun to work on. I Who's love the original ones comedy. coming back. Who Sorry. like. What the original people coming back? So it didn't seem Mary like there was Yang. a lot. Mary yep, I saw her. Yeah. is the mom. So That's the storyline is centered on Dave Chappelle's son now going on his own journey with cannabis. Okay. You know, growing up with a mom like Mary Jane, who's always yeah. like, no, you don't smoke weed. It's so bad. That's why I ended right. up divorcing your dad, you know. Um, and so he just, his whole life, he's like, this is something I shouldn't do. He ends up being a massive pothead because it's <laughs> the thing he only wants to do. 
playing it from his mom. I play a mortician. A mortician? So so funny. It's like (laughs) the character I've had the most fun with. I literally (laughs) play a mortician. And, um, you know, they, through a sequence of events, have to come to a funeral home. And I'm the one that comes out. And they're just like. (laughs) This is mortician. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then we start dating and it's just such a funny like story and the twists and turns it takes. Um, and the studio is really excited with it. it. I think it ended up being better than what they expected and what they thought. And so, you know, we still have yet to hear on what type of release mm-hmm. uh, it was going to be released on 420, like straight to Netflix. But then they decided okay. that they want to hold on to it and do more of a theatrical release, maybe. So cool. We are, yeah, we're just waiting to hear. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Was Dave Chappelle, though, wasn't involved at all? Jim Brewer, they didn't even have like a cameo. Jim Brewer, I think, is in it. I could be wrong. Okay. Dave was, Dave, we could not get Dave. Oh, <laughs> he could was not very, yeah, excited about the project. Oh. Um you know, it was kind of his baby half-baked. And then when the studio decided that they wanted to do a sequel, um, he kind of, you know, made it. Yeah. I'm like, what, what, how can, how do I say he basically made it so that to come on and do it would have been like way out of the budget for the studio, making it virtually possible to get him. Yeah. So we unfortunately did not get safe. (laughs) No. Well, oh, well, excited to see you. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. I was, you know, I saw some of the scenes just from doing ADR and I was really happy with it. It's just very funny. You know, we have this scene where I'm embalming a body and he comes, uh, he comes to apologize to me because we kind of, you know, had a situation and he walks in and it's just like this like chubby dead body, <laughs> a dead dick, just like <laughs> right there. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God. And I'm like, come here, come stand right here. <laughs> I can see it. you're all just serious with yeah, it. I'm like dead serious. He has to apologize and make it up to me. So it was very fun, very fun to shoot. That's fun. That's cool. So you wrote some amazing things, which made me very happy being a, the you know the creator of the blends, the standard. That you said that you use the standard now. Oh my gosh, dude! My depression and anxiety—it's the weirdest thing. Since starting my acting career, my depression and anxiety went shoop, like to the <laughs> roof and, you know, prescribed antidepressants, prescribed um, anti-anxiety like beta blockers and medication is something that has never always has never sat well with me because it's just not natural. It's not something that our bodies are supposed to have, you know, eventually it, it, it all, they always have side effects. They always have a way of doing more damage than good. And so it's such a temporary fix to mm-hmm. a, a lifetime of suffering if you're not careful. And so when I started working with you guys with the standard, my brother gifted me uh, two vapes and a few packs of edibles. I got those edibles. <laughs> I love the edibles. Our edibles are strong. They're so <laughs> strong in the best way. In the best way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so 
being able to, you know, and I don't say this to like influence anyone else to do it, what they want to do with their mm-hmm. medication versus cannabis, you know, but for me, like being able to wean off of medication and just use my vape for my anxiety has been so beneficial. Like, you know, at the end of the day or even during the day, just a puff. And I'm like, I can like regulate my, my breathing again. My heart rate goes down. I feel more centered and grounded in my body. I'm more relaxed. I'm able to be more cognizant. And that has just been so beneficial for me. And it's only been like a few months. So it's been such a gift, truly. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. I love that you said that you've able to wean off of the medication. That makes me uh, super happy, super happy for you and and super just appreciative of either the plant that we are given. And yeah. just, it's on this earth. There's, and it's not just cannabis. There's so many different natural remedies out there from yes. uh, cannabis. Uh, there's different psychedelics with that can help with depression and stuff. But then there's also just natural herbs. Uh, my wife is involved with doTERRA oils and just different essential oils are yes. amazing for calming or for energy. There's also stuff that can help actual, you know, healing up your cuts and stuff and reduce the scarring and or bronchial uh, problems, just amazing natural remedies that have no bad side effects, right? Because every one of those medications that we take, even an ibuprofen, you know, even a Tylenol has has a side effect. It's not natural. I did the same thing uh, when I came out of the military. Um, They do it. I said this before to somebody, so I won't go to great detail, but whenever you are in the military, it doesn't matter what branch you're in. If you ever serve a combat tour, when you come back from a combat tour, you're given an evaluation. And I would say that probably 75% of us doesn't even matter. I don't even think they listen to us in the evaluation. You're just given a standard script and it's anywhere from six meds on and you say, here you go. Have a nice day. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, And that's uh, everything. That's stuff to, you know, to cover, you know, not sleeping. Uh, That's stuff to cover your anxiety or depression, just everything. And they'll just layer stuff on. Um, And then if you're injured or anything on top of that, then what they add on with the opioids it's like giving candy. You know, I, I tell people like, I think it was a big script, but I was on I, for several months. My script was 120 pills a month of uh, Percocet fives, like nothing. That was active duty, by the way. Oh, I was active oh, duty. My- I destroyed my knee in Afghanistan, but they like with the surgeries and stuff, it was just, here you go. No problem. Plus the other stuff that I was on. They have you like out of the antidepressants and all these other mm-hmm. things as well. Mm-hmm. So you're all, probably all of it. so out. Of, you're so disconnected from your body. That's it right there. You're, so that's what I hate about these medications is it just covers up the problem in a super blanketed fog and you disconnect. And I think it makes the problems worse mm-hmm. because you disconnect from everything and everybody. And you're, as I say, a zombie. Like, that's how I felt. Yep. I wasn't sitting there drooling, but I was definitely no, out of it. Like there mentally, was you're so just mentally just gone. Yes. Just a fog, just a fog. And like on autopilot. Yeah. 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 But not a good autopilot because it didn't, it didn't allow me to function very well at all. And then coming out, getting out of the military, being able to use cannabis, it got me off of everything. I was off of everything and I haven't used, you know, ever since then I've had surgeries and stuff and I have tried to never use any of the medication and just use cannabis and other alternative means of natural remedies uh, to relieve the pain and stuff because it's, you know, it can cause a big problem. Uh, and I'm not ashamed to admit it that because of the stuff that I was prescribed and I, do I blame it on the military? Do I blame it on somebody else? I've learned as I've gotten older that regardless of the situations that you put in at the end of the day, it's still yourself that made the choice. 
mm. even though there might have been a huge amount of influence and in everything, you know, it's still me that made the choice that I did it. And so I had an addictive personality with the opioids. And yeah. so now once I cut that off and cannabis, people talk about cannabis being a gateway drug. If it was a gateway drug coming from someone that did have problems with drugs, I would be hooked on everything right now. And that yes, cannabis exactly. is the reason I got off of everything. Exactly. You know? And been even, even alcohol. I've been, uh, I'd quit uh, drinking for almost three years. I now I openly say that I did when we went to Barcelona. Your brother was there. We went out. We all went to a club, and I did have. A you couple have of to, but I mean, when it was, it was a situation. But there's there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's it's being controlled yeah. and stuff. It's not like I used to. But um, cannabis yeah. is cannabis is the mother plant, and it heals all. There's a reason why all all mammals, all everything on this earth has an endocannabinoid system and our bodies interact with it. That's just not humans. That's other animals. And we found that out. That's why, do I believe in all the CBD dog rave and everything? Dogs can get more than CBD. My little Frenchie, she likes to chill out with me in the evenings and <laughs> she'll come and sit like she, she'll ask for it. She'll come and sit and like get mad if I don't give her a little, a little puff and then she's ready to go to bed. <laughs> Oh my God. I love that so much. She's something else. She's something else. Awesome. But yeah, no, it's, I'm glad to hear that the standard has, has worked for you in that way. That's was one of the reasons that we created it um, yeah. is because the other, we were there in Wyoming, we had our shops going in Wyoming and we sold other products like this, but myself having a, a background in cannabis and what I know about it and what I've done in the past, looking at the products, actually looking at the COAs and finding out what's in them, I was very, very disappointed. And on some of the brands, we completely kicked out and stopped carrying in the store because of what they were. And I told, I told the owner, I was like, you know, we can do this better. We can actually give people a real product for it. Even though it's comes from hemp, it's still the same thing once you make it into oil. And so yeah. let's give everybody what they want and what they need and what they deserve. And we yes. created the standard and makes me very happy to hear that. I feel um, that difference. You know, I've hit a lot of different vapes and there is a difference in quality with the standard. So appreciate yeah. that. What's your favorite one? I love the sativa one. It's yeah. The indica is great, but I do. I'm so sensitive to like falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. So, it'll put you down. The sativa one for my anxiety helps me get through the day, keeps me up. So it's been okay. So what are you working on now? So now I'm working on my, well, I'm, I'm working on, um, writing my own projects. There is, as of today, today's actually the deadline, um, for the writer strike. So we're all waiting to hear kind of on pins and needles, whether Hollywood will shut down or will stay open for, hmm. uh, you know, the WGA is currently in negotiations with, the streaming services and studios to try and get better contracts. And so today's the deadline. And if the studios didn't comply with some of the things we will, it will officially be a writer strike and Hollywood, you know, work will pause. Um, so everyone's a little bit tense right now um, with the landscape of the industry, but yeah, writing my own projects is uh, where I eventually want to transition my career. Writing has always been my first passion before acting so I've been inspired by a lot of, you know, the things around me and, you know, my own life stories or different versions of them. You know, I wrote a pilot based on uh, a fundamentalist Mormon who ends up pursuing an acting career. It's called The Book of Morgan. I do, I've just tried to embrace my uh, background because it is so unique uh, being a Dominican American growing up in New York, but then growing up Mormon 
and being the only one of the only Hispanics in the church and then having to go to like Utah and be surrounded by Mormons (laughs) and then leaving the church, pursuing a career in Hollywood. It's all it's a lot. And uh, it's so it's been a lot of fun. Um, I also wrote a feature. So I have now three pilots, a feature and a short film that I'm producing this summer. But yeah, so that's that's the next phase I want to take my career. And I want to, you know, be the content creator as opposed to always just being the actor. I have a, a deep a deep passion for storytelling and it um, it goes way past acting. So that's been fun for me to explore that and grow that. You said you're directing a short movie this summer. Where's that going to be? released that is it going to be at one of the film festivals we're submitting it to the film festivals yeah um and it's centered on you know i it's it's me playing a version of myself um struggling with uh love addiction um you know it's not something people talk about very often you know we were talking about different types of addiction um mine hasn't always been chemical it's you know been more in the codependency realm So sex and love addiction, you know, coming from the viewpoint of a woman isn't something that has ever really been touched on, at least from what I've seen. So I just finally got to a place where I was like, I'm just going to, you know, I want to tell tell my story in the way that I want to tell it. And so uh, I'm really excited about that. It's called Fiend. Um, Very much a comedy. Uh, Okay. love the idea of playing with very painful hard topics in the scope of a comedy because that to me is the funnest thing when you don't know you should laugh or not (laughs) (laughs) that that awkward it's like uh, uncomfortable and awkward uncomfortable comedy you're like oh my yes it's my favorite so yeah i like it we uh I, i took my wife to a joe rogan live joe rogan show um and then it was his whole I'm terrible with names, but the guys that he on tour with them, the whole, the whole show was, is definitely my type of comedy, like very just raw comedy. That's, that's the best way to put it. Just raw. You know, there's no, there's no lines drawn. Everything's open. It's just, let's, let's go for it. Yeah. And Oh, th- I watched people get up and leave and I really? thought it was hilarious. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Watch some people get up and leave and get very angry and stuff. And I was sitting there having a hard time breathing most of the time about to fall out of my seat. And my wife's sitting there not knowing if she should laugh or not trying to be proper and like covered up. But I mean, it was hilarious. I love, yes. I love That's, that's great. Yeah. That's my favorite. I love it. So you definitely have to send me a, wherever I can find it out when it comes out, send me a link. Yes. And my character in the story is, uh, you know, constantly hitting her vape because she's in this chaotic (laughs) moment. So she's taking a minute. So I'm like, if I can use the standard. Hey, go ahead. Yeah. You got free reign on that. No problem there. (laughs) Awesome. So yeah, that's cool. So you said you had your first experience with cannabis back when you were like 16 house party. And then now you've been using it with the standard. What about the middle? I mean, I know, you know, being a mother and everything, I don't know if you did use, uh, obviously probably not while you're pregnant and everything, but there's even, we could get into a different talk. There's studies on that, you know, because people are prescribed anti-nausea medications and everything. And there's actually some studies um, in Colorado and Oregon and Washington. There's even some doctors that prescribe tinctures and edibles, not the smoking, but tinctures and edibles in a low dose. It's always like a one-to-one THC CBD and it works harmoniously and it helps with that nausea and stuff without having any negative side effects. And it doesn't transfer the high because it's broken down through the liver. It doesn't transfer anything to the baby. Wow. I know that. 
yeah, there's, and there's been, there's been babies born with the mother being not, like I said, it's not a heavy use, you know, and there's a defining line between, you know, using too much and intaking to get high versus intaking sure. to get relief and medicinally. I'm yes. a medical user. I've been a medical user for going on 12 years or 12 years. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I use it every day. I not only use it every day. I use it every morning, but a very tiny bit. And it helps me with my nausea. I have extremely bad IBS. Uh, it's called Gulf war syndrome. I got it from when I was deployed. There's over 20,000 veterans of a, that have that we all have the same symptoms. Um, we go through dramatic weight loss in the first couple of years of it. And then as it tapers out, you know, it's something that we live with, but the nausea is always there and just everything that comes from IBS cannabis fix that not oh, fix it where it takes it away. Like it didn't heal it, but making it livable, very, very livable, allowing my, you know, I literally in the morning when I intake it, I feel my intestines, relax like i feel because they are just on like tensed up and just super inflamed and stuff and i feel them relax within 10 minutes after using and i don't use it like i said not to get high just a small medical use and nothing that i've ever been prescribed has ever done that and so wow i've never heard of that syndrome that's insane yeah gulf war gulf war syndrome and it's been going on since uh desert storm that's why they named it that since the gulf war Uh, And it's something going over there to the Middle East. I don't know if it's in the water, something with the food, just being there. But there's over 20,000 veterans recorded. They did a study. They did a study on 10,000 of those veterans through the VA. And that's why they labeled it the Gulf War Syndrome. Um, So I'm a big, big proponent of medical use. So, yeah, there's there's amazing studies out there with during pregnancy and everything and showing how it doesn't have harm for the baby and stuff. But have you... Have you used any cannabis any other time to help you with stuff? I mean, you said that you were prescribed medication, so... I mean, was cannabis not a part of your life because of living in Utah, because of not having access to it? Yes, because growing up LDS, you know, I didn't leave church until I was 25. Um, Cannabis is not part of the gospel. And, (laughs) you know, being in Utah where it's not as accessible as, you know, being in California or, you know, Colorado, um, because I was spending so much time in L.A., recreationally, Mm -hmm. yes, Um, but I didn't get to a place in my life where I started using it medicinally until a few months ago and being able to see those benefits has really been like amazing for me. When I tell you that, you know, my anxiety was at a point where I would get like these mini panic attacks over the simplest of things like being late, like, like, like driving my kids to school and they're going to be late would induce panic for me. And just being able to have something where I feel myself within a few minutes after, cause I'm also the same where I don't use it to like get high. I feel myself even just after like it, and it lasts for, you know, a few hours where I'm like, I just feel more in my body. I feel like my, my heart rate is regulated. Cause for me, my anxiety is like my heart starts racing over like things that shouldn't mean anything, you know? So just being Almost able like to you're boiling it, over. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like life or death when it's the most you know simplest of a task, being able to use it in conjunction, in conjunction with, you know, therapy and other things has just been, I feel like I am hitting all these things, you know, I, where I'm focusing on meditation, I'm trying to do more breath work. I have my cannabis, I meet with my therapist and all of it has created a more like homeopathic way for me to get closer to myself and just stay more grounded. Um, as opposed to, you know, medication where 
And these medications, I was on medication when I was 17 years old that has since been like completely discontinued and like <laughs> taken off the market because mm-hmm. it ended up doing more harm than good. Like mm-hmm. we just never know where it's coming from or what it's going to do because it's not natural. So yeah, having something to rely on that is natural and that is such great quality. It's been, it's been life-changing for me. That's good. That was why, like I said, that's why we created it to be able to give people that in areas that don't have access to regular cannabis to be able to have that same, same type of access and same type of effects, you know, that you can get off of medical grade. So good to hear. I have a, you don't have to answer. I always tell people on this podcast, I might ask you questions. You don't always have to answer psychedelics. So you're saying that you hit a boiling point and stuff. So I have uh, psychedelics were a point that saved and changed my life. I literally have a, I can remember. And it was just like a new chapter that was, that started over for me. Uh, and it was the best thing ever completely changed everything. But before that I was hitting those same points and I was using cannabis even. And I always tell people that cannabis can be an amazing healer of many things, but there's certain things that even cannabis just covers up and mm-hmm. doesn't allow you to address. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of inner things that I was battling, fighting, trying to cover up. And because I was trying to push them down all the time, hitting those same boy, I was hitting those same points. The smallest little things would send me over and into a boiling point to where just, I, I couldn't, control my emotions at yes. all at all and it was just highs and lows highs and lows there was no oh, yeah. middle ground that yeah, I could ever day. find you know yep yep and psychedelics helped me cure that and I had tried psychedelics before recreationally but never used them medicinally with a perp in a time and a place with a purpose behind it and when I started doing that man I was able to release so much bro and what I tell people it's uh, it's breaking down an armor that we build up in life that we've built up an armor to different things. And it starts from, a, it, depending on some of us, it starts in our childhood. And that's yeah. now as being a father, why I'm, I try so hard to be careful with the ways that, that I'm raising my kids because they're so impressionable right now. Yeah. And, and coming from a way that I completely hated, I wish I could f- forget eight, the first 18 years of my life. And now having a chance to do something impactful and positive with you know my kids, I cherish each day with it. So but with that, I had a lot of things that I built up through those first 18 years. And then even past that with experiences in my own life, experiences in the military, when I deployed, coming back, readjustments. Um, and then, like I said, some, some of the things I put my own self through, which was just my ignorance. But the psychedelics helped me break through all that. I say I had an ego death. I had not only had an ego death, but I had a, a bringing of, of new life and was able to release finally everything that kept boiling over you know? And so if you haven't, I encourage, if you want to I talk about it done, offline, I encourage it's amazing. It's yeah. help with so much. I have done psilocybin recreationally just a few times. When you say that you do it more medicinally, what does that look like? So my medicinal encounters with psychedelics were with DMT. And the reason why is DMT lasts for a short amount of time. I tell people that sure. I've done DMT before and yes. Yep, yeah. Yep. It, Have you it, ever crossed over? I did not know. Yeah. So that was what changed for me as well. And went through a journey that was, I still, it was, I felt pain, like pain, actual pain, some of the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. And also some of the most love I've ever felt in my life. And in the presence, and I tell people, and I believe what you want, but I was in the presence of God, my, what I believe is a higher entity, a higher power. I was in the presence of him, could not look upon him, could not, his power and his glory was too great. And I felt it, the heat, 
it was so intense, but it was such a warm heat. And I just felt, I felt so much release. And that was, uh, I, I, that was the time that I finally did release everything. I actually purged. I vomited. People talk about that with ayahuasca recheats and different things. Uh, I purged and it all came out and it felt so good. Felt so good. And I, I cried for like an hour and a half afterwards after the whole experience. And my wife was there. She's been able to, she's been my, not guy, but my safe person through all three of them. So sat there sober. And so she's been able to, if you want to say, um, affirmate some of the, my experiences because then I would describe to her what I was feeling and like what I thought I was doing. She's like, well, your body was doing this at this time and stuff. And DMT was done medicinally. You can't do DMT recreationally. So I don't believe in it. If you do do it recreationally, you definitely won't have the same uh, no. outcome from it. But if you do it for, and you have to cross over. So you have to, you have to have somebody help you there. Cause you have to take intake a certain amount. You That's what I struggled from, with. I couldn't take yeah. it enough. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's My hard body. like it's so hard to yeah. get in because you start going from zero to a thousand so fast so fast but if you can do it your life will never be the same i promise you i've told many people that and i've had some people have done it and they came back and they're like man you were right you were right always have someone there that's just your safe person you know not that you're doing anything bad but always have someone be in a good place um be in a calm environment meditate before if you can or just breathe or maybe smoke a little cannabis i did and then i intook it crossed over and you know the whole journey my whole journey was done in 30 minutes because if you've ever taken you know it's very fast but it comes down but it feels like it was all night eternity yeah like i said the journey that i went on that time was so intense it's it takes me a while to describe it to people and to break it down to them um but it was the best thing for me and it that was when my life started new and I, I can go back to then where stuff started changing for me, even just in my day-to-day life. I was a very angry person before then, just hating a lot, just mad at the world, mad at myself, really. That's what it was. What I found out, it was I was angry at me. I wasn't angry at anybody else. I was just angry at me. It's all projection. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you've inspired me now. I'm trying to <laughs> do a DMZ trip where it's <laughs> over. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a great a great experience, a great spiritual journey for people. So I encourage those that, like you said, you have I, people that are holding on to stuff that maybe have some things in their life that they've had trouble letting go. If you want to yeah. finally let go, if you want to feel that release and start something new, God put the stuff on this earth. Yeah. It's all natural. It's all natural. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for telling me that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Ashley, for being here today. I really appreciate having it. Me. This was such a fun conversation. Yeah, it was really good. Um, you know, I'd love to have you on again sometime. Let, maybe mm-hmm. after Half Bait comes out, and we can yeah, talk maybe about that. Once we've seen out. the movie, we could do a review on it or something. Yeah, maybe yeah. we'll have to smoke a little bit and, and yeah. share some scenes and talk yeah, about we'll it or something. Come on, you know? and we'll do a yep, review. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love the sound of it. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Right. Enjoy LA. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.